No, no, wait, wait, wait. We can, uh, we can do something better than that. Yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> Ooh. No. Can we do better than that? <laughs> can definitely do better than that. Uh, let's go. No, try again. Uh, all right. Nope. Hey, this is your boy. I know, but come on. All right. Let's start off with... I think so. Yeah. This is February 1997 on the Living the Past podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Ben. That's that is just a, a a sample of all the music that we're going to be covering later in the show. It's quite a big month for that, also for movies as well. There's just too much to talk about. Yeah, this let's is, get let's get started quick. This is a this is a, a February uh, that is against type. So, yeah. without further ado, let's get into living the now, so we can get all the all the now crap out of the way. I'm still on my um, dad TV thing, so I'm watching uh, Slow Horses on Apple TV. They're, they've just released um, uh, the new Tom Hanks Spielberg War uh, series, kind of like Band of Brothers in the Pacific. It's all about uh, um, airplanes, <laughs> pilots. Is that the one with Barry Keogh? Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm going to watch that today, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to watch a bit more TV these this, this, these days, um, but I have been watching... As if you don't usually watch fucking heaps of it. Well, I mean, I usually <laughs> watch like, a lot of movies, but now I'm trying to watch a lot of TV. There is a very funny show I watch called In the Know, um, which has got uh, Zach Woods, who you might know from um, Silicon Valley. He's also... He was, he was the tall guy on The Office that was uh, um, dating the... Oh, Gabe? Yeah, Gabe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he plays, he's actually, it's like a stop motion puppetry thing. And he's like an NPR, um, very woke uh, uh, radio host, kind of like for like one of their sort of um, American life type sort of thing. And they actually uh, interview real life celebrities on there. But it's very, very funny. It kind of takes like, a, it, it, it kind of pokes fun at like the woke culture in a, in a funny way, but also against like uh, other stuff as well. And it's, it's, it's probably one of the funniest shows I've seen for a while. Okay. So it's on um it's on binge. I also watched the other two, which is a really good show about uh, a thirteen year old kid like comes this YouTube sensation overnight. He's like a singer, and then his older siblings are kind of not great, and it's about how they deal with his celebrity. And it's it's a very very cool show. So we have a film uh, similar to that coming up this month as well. We do, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's quite kind of right in there. So yeah, they're my two two picks. So in the know and and the other two are my favorite things at the moment. Uh, what have you been doing with your time? We, I haven't done a lot, um, but we did watch Saltburn because oh, yes. <laughs> everyone's been talking about it and I feel we got there too late and the hype and the things we'd heard really played into you yeah. know, our opinions of it. 
it was it was it was good. I watched um, it during like when it first was like becoming like a memeable type sort of thing. I was like just to sort of see what was going on. I didn't actually like I didn't actually think it was a, that great a movie. I think it's one of those ones that when the awards series came around, I'm like, are they are they giving this awards because it became part of like the zeitgeist, or is it because mm-hmm. they actually think it's like a really decent show? And I I, I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Um, we also watched After Sun. Oh yeah, that, cool. That was that was pretty tough. Um, yeah, it looks tough. Yeah, uh, I didn't really fully get what was going on until <laughs> good. Like you have an idea that this guy is not happy and he's hanging out with his kid, mm. but the kind of metaphors or like the way they're showing it, it didn't click with me until too close to the end. I was like, oh fuck. I don't know if I watched that. <laughs> yeah. <'cause, laughs> Uh, a trigger warning for anyone that has not seen it and is curious about it. If you have mental health issues, it's maybe not. You, you maybe don't need to watch it. It's like Laura and I never went and watched Dominion because we know there's animal cruelty and animals being slaughtered. I don't need to watch that. I don't, I don't need to know any more about that. I'm, no. I'm good. Um, I think it was good for me to watch this and get like a bit more insight into how some people live with it and what it's actually like. Hmm. Uh, but then part of me, the the naive part of me that's like, why does this have to exist? <laughs> I'm sure they don't want it to exist either. <laughs> why, why aren't we just remaking Dumb and Dumber or something? Well, me and my son watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So <laughs> kind, nice. kind, of the, kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, he, yeah, he, he wanted to watch that. I forgot how good that movie is. Um, then we watched the second yeah. one and it wasn't as good and we haven't watched. We, oh. we, like, there's a new one coming out this year um, called um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. So I don't even know. If, is that the fourth one then? That's the fourth one, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we watched the third one. Third one's not too bad. It's got Woody in it. It's got a big old Woody. Is he in um, the second one? I don't think he's in the second one. He's in. He's, in, he's, in, he's in. Oh, I thought he was in two of them. Maybe I have seen the third one. Then I guess. Um, yeah. But let's let's not talk about what he's anymore. Let's talk about the events of February nineteen ninety seven. Now, for the last time, I assure you, for at least this season, I'm going to talk about O.J. Oh. Simpson. Oh, because okay. they started a civil uh, case against him and he was found guilty, which is kind oh. of weird because he was found innocent in an yeah. actual, actual court. <laughs> and it doesn't really court. make any sense. No. Um, so they were awarded, um, I think, $35 million, um, in compensation which they didn't get much of over the years. And then mm. in the year 2000, he moved to Florida. And the reason he moved to Florida is because Florida is a state that will not make you liquidize assets and lots of stuff for stuff you've done in other states. Wow. So you, you don't have to pay anything you um, that you have in, in Florida towards anything that's happened outside of that, which, you know, is very Florida when you think about it. <laughs> um, I don't understand how... Well, it makes that you makes you wonder why, like a certain ex head of state, probably like spends a lot of his time down there. So. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That kind of answers it, doesn't it? Diane Blood. Uh, she That's a cool name. Was, it was. It is. Yeah. She is a woman from. Uh, I want to get the workshop Nottinghamshire. So okay. Very British. 
She was significant in 1997 because she won the right to have a child using her dead husband's sperm that was collected while he was in a coma because he was uh, he eventually died of bacterial um, uh, meningitis. Meningitis, yeah, oh. in, um, when he was 30, and he. The, but they they took the sperm without his consent because he couldn't give his consent. So like they, they basically said, "Look, he's gonna he's gonna die." And she's like, "Oh, well, we want I wanted kids with him. Can you get the sperm out of him?" And like, "Yeah, we can get the sperm out of him." And they did that. And then, but then, like, <laughs> I don't I know that I don't conversation. Know. Hey, I can we get the sperm out? Yeah, we can get the sperm out. Yeah, we can get, get the sperm, sperm out. out. Yeah, I got. A, yeah, look, I got an ice cream scoop. We're good. Um, Is like Green involved? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gross. Uh, so. Uh, but then, um, yeah, we uh, so but there was a thing of like, well, you didn't ask his consent, so we don't know if you, you can use it. It went on for a while, but and she was granted um, the ability to do that. So uh, apparently, is in the works to become a drama for the BBC because, of course, it is. Um, but yeah, Called, it's, it's, we got the sperm. <laughs> we, got, we got the sperm. Yep. It's yeah. It's it's a pretty interesting uh, story. Like it's 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 all about that sort of thing of like, well, she would probably know what he would want. Um, but I yeah. suppose you've also got to respect their right to their body, sort of thing. So, yeah. I but, think... he's, but he's dead. So, what right does he have left? What wants well, at, at the left? time? At the time he, they took it, though, he wasn't dead, though. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. but he had sperm in there. So he, his sperm obviously wanted to be taken. Why else would he be having sperm if he didn't want to get his sperm out? Don't have it if you don't want to give it. Uh, you know. You, well, you, you can't stop yourself from producing sperm. Well, that, who is that American politician? Well, yeah, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> I still produce sperm, but it just doesn't do anything. Who's that? Who's that guy that said if if women don't want to get pregnant, their bodies can reject it? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Probably Surely it's the same. Probably too many of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, uh, you were unemployed for times of your life, weren't you? I mean, I was a child for a long time, so yeah. I mean, but in 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 like <laughs> when when you were classified as unemployed, like you were on Centrelink for a, for a portion. I yeah. did have a period on the dole. Yeah. Did you have to do work for the dole? No, I used to make jokes about it because I didn't know what it was. Well, I can tell you what it was because it was introduced in 1997 by the oh, Howard cool. government because the Howard government was like, get these layabouts off their asses and get them working if they're going to get some benefits from us. So they kind of makes sense. They, they, yeah, well, they, they did work for the doll. Um, some people had a, a bit, um, some critics were like, or academics were like, you can't really force, it's not voluntary, is it? And they're like, well, you know, they did extend it to um, not just like finding like, you know, certain physical labor jobs that you could study was, was one that you could do. Um, Free? Sorry? For, like you can study for free. Well, it's like, it's like mutual obligation measures. So, like accredited study, part-time work, um, and uh, the Australian Army Reserves was one, and volunteer work. So, as long as you were like ticking boxes, they would still give you your. Because um, I knew people who would work like a couple hours a week, but then still get the dole to sort of supplement that as well. Um, but yeah, it had to be oh, yeah. a certain amount, and you couldn't. And then like that, they, they were kind of digging themselves kind of into a corner though, because they couldn't work too much. Because then they'll go, oh well, you've got a job, so we don't have to give you anything at all. Yeah, and like it bred this, uh, I don't know, like just enough is good enough sort of mentality to a lot of people. Um, yep. I've known many people over the years, and no one currently that will not work more than fifteen hours because that affects their Centrelink pay. But less than that, they don't want to work at all. Uh, so 
uh, Kevin Rudd um, did make it voluntary when he got in. And then in uh, July 2015, it became compulsory for like basically all New Start allowance. Um, but when, no the pan- when the pandemic hit, they suspended it. So I'm not sure if it's been put back on. I, I guess it would be now. Mm. Um, but the thing is, like a lot of the work for the Dole um, recipients um, could include people with disabilities. So like if they're putting them in situations where they could like, you know, go out into the community and get COVID and like have pre- pre-existing conditions, I don't think that that would be yeah able to, like, do it. So yeah, yeah. Um, I remember doing that. I remember having to fill out my job. Like I also remember having to, to get go go look for ten jobs a week. That was one of the things I had to do, or ten to jobs, go look, ten, or to write down ten jobs. Yeah, to write. Well, no, no. Like they had to. You had to get them signed off by people at the store, and also like really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had, I had like a. Uh, I had a I very. Didn't, I didn't have that bit. I just had a little book that was like. I applied at Sanity and Big W and a different Sanity and a maybe different I was, Big W. <laughs> maybe I was worried. Maybe I was worried that like they would check up on me, so I actually went to the places. But like there was one lady I remember during my like not proud moments. She's like, "Look at how you're dressed. Do you actually want a job?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, no, I don't want to work in this news agent that you're very very mean at me. <laughs> we we just wearing a potato sack at the time. I think I was wearing like some sort of offensive punk band t-shirt, probably a horror movie t-shirt. Like, it was not a proud time in my life. Um, the North Hollywood Shootout. Did you ever, did you ever um, hear about this? Ah, I was part of it. <laughs> um, there's a couple. No, I don't of, know. There's a couple of. Um, there's actually. I wish there was a movie that came out called Forty Four Minutes because that's how long the uh, the shootout lasted for. It's got. Ah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that copy is in my house now because uh, it's it's actually quite cool. I liked it. It's got um, Ron Livingston in it. Uh, from Office Space. That's probably why I wanted to see it. Yeah, uh, he's. It's, it's not great. I watched it the other day in 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 looking up for this, but um, yeah, it's basically these two uh, guys. He had um, AK forty sevens, um, that were knocking off uh, banks around LA, and then they um they chose this North Hollywood branch, and um the cops uh, they basically were alerted um earlier than the robbers thought, so they surrounded the place, and then there was this big shootout siege for um for forty four minutes, um where a lot of uh, police officers were injured. Um, I don't think any of the police officers of the public were killed, but they they eventually uh, killed both of the the robbers. If you want, there, there, there there's a couple of um things like there's a uh, a couple of true crime shows on it. There's a bunch of podcasts on it, and there's that movie Forty Four Minutes. If you want to give it a go, um. But yeah, interesting time. I'm glad that they've uh, fixed all that gun stuff in America. Oh yeah, that was... Oof. The Simpsons became the longest running cartoon in history with its 167th episode. Oh, uh, what, season nine? Oh, season eight at this season point? Season eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, yeah, it, I think it pipped off the uh, Flintstones with the um, the amount of episodes because I reckon that, that's, what, that's what they were. Right, no, that went for so long. Yeah, um, and it was called lucky. the so it was called the Itchy Scratchy and Poochie Show. Good one. Yeah, <laughs> and which we will be covering. Uh, in, yes, we will um, in our Simpsons episode that we do every season. So later on this season, you can hear us talk about that one. Where is Poochie? <laughs> uh, before we um, get off, a couple of homegrown stories. Arnott's, you love Arnott's. We used to uh, run it. Seems like they're yeah. anymore, but you know, do they have do they have any vegan ones or not? Uh, I think they got a couple, a couple shit ones. Uh, lemon crisp is okay. Cool. So, uh, lemon <laughs> crisp. 
I've got low and crisp uh, raspberry shortcake or chocolate ripple. The yeah. um, Arnott's in back in 1997 had a bit of a had a bit of trouble there because uh, someone was posting out poisoned packets oh, of Monte yeah. Carlos to they so they sent them off to the police and said, look, um, if you don't. It was all about um, this this guy that uh, this person believed to be uh, not guilty of a crime. So they said, I'm going to start um, putting, these, putting these out into the public if you don't get this person off. Uh, Ronald Henry Thomas, who was jailed in 1991 for um, the murders of Peter Wade and Maureen Ambrose. Uh, so they... Um, they didn't know where it was, so apparently Queensland, New South Wales, and the ACT were the ones that were supposed to have uh, the tainted packets. So they just pulled off. They, they, I think they lost, they lost millions of dollars. They had to like just basically get discard these these packets of um, Arnott's. That's so uh, sad. And what they found out was, uh, so they they started looking. And then one of the uh, <laughs> One of the packets, or one of the packages that they sent to the cops to like prove that there was like, I think it was they used like a pesticide. They tested the DNA on the DNA on the back of the stamp, and it turned out to be the mother of the guy in prison. So, sixty-seven-year-old oh. uh, Joy Ellen Thomas that worked in an Arnott's factory. No, no, she. Well, oh. yeah, I don't know how she got into. The, yeah, she. Yeah, she. Um, Hi. Her name is Helen, and I work in an arms factory. <laughs> I got pesticides, uh, so look out. <laughs> I believe she was um, poking. I think she was going to poke, uh, like kind of like the um, the with the tablets in America that that happened. Oh, uh, yeah. They were going. To, she was like sort of um, poking a, a needle in and like injecting into the cream, like the pesticides sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it would make people. It would, it would probably kill people if not make them very, very ill. Um, in two thousand two, though, the charges were dropped. So, what? <laughs> it's not funny at all. Uh, it just sounds like the opposite of the Diane Blood story. <laughs> she was injecting into the cream, and they were Extracted. taking out the cream. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, the um, um the, the forensic uh, evidence apparently was not enough by 2002, and they dropped all charges. Um, and she was set free. Yeah. So, to... Um, in our news from home away from home, mm-hmm. uh, last month I made a statement that Angola is we are a, a favorite in Angola. Yeah. So I was going to try and have Angola news every month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really tough already. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not only that, I don't even understand the news and I've tried to read this a few times and I don't know what is going on. I should probably look into like the backstory of it, but I can't be bothered. Okay. But in February uh, of 97, the Security Council extended the mandate of the United Nations Angola Verification Mission. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot more. I don't really understand what's going on, but... Tell you what, I'll look into it and I'll, in I'll, give you, I'll give you an Angola update. We all remember... The 1997 Brit Awards. And if you didn't remember the 1997 Brit Awards, I can assure you that you remember what someone was wearing at the 1997 Brit Awards. And that was Jerry Halliwell, and that was the Union Jack dress. Mm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, so it was... Um, uh, Is this design- where it began? Designed by Gucci, yep. It was the first time that she ever wore it. Uh, top 10 in a 2010 online poll to find the 10 most iconic dresses of the past 50 years. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it was... It was uh, I'm not sure... <laughs> Jerry Halliwell's uh, 
this, this is a direct quote from her. Should I do an accent? No. I've always tried to put my finger to the wind and feel what's going on right now. And I feel it then, you'll feel it, and we'll connect it. So I thought, it's the Brits. Why not a British flag? So that's weird. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the, that was the... Um, um, one thing that she uh, made sure that she didn't want to have any association was is because the National Front, which is a right-wing organisation in Britain, uh, uses the Union Jack as kind of their thing. So she um, had a peace symbol stitched into the back of the dress. Nice. Uh, and then went on to sing Wannabe and Who Do You Think You Are? And won two awards that night. So... I'm that... very curious. Uh, did David Bowie have any thoughts on this? Because he released an album this month and famously had a Union Jack jacket. Oh. A Union jacket. A Union jacket. Nah, well, he's just with the National Front, so. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, he's not. I never said that. Um, all right. That's my, that is my events. All right. Taking a bit. But here's some sport. What a legend. What a champion. That's been a marvellous game here. Yes, for England. Championship curling on CBC. I will try and fly through it for you because I know we've got a lot to get to. Thanks. And you took up a whole lot of time. <laughs> uh, in January, I did not go through the UEFA Super Cup, oh, okay. uh, which is not a big deal. But... Uh, in January, it was, I mean, in both months, uh, Juventus Paris Saint-Germain played. Ooh. Uh, the two first... Of, uh, arguably, two of the most nicest to say football teams, Juventus and Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> or if you're fancy, it's PSG and Juve. Yeah, true. Still yeah. nice. Um, the first leg, Ju- Juve 6, PSG 1. Ooh. Yeah, tough times um that was in paris as well so it's just showing the difference of like quality france thinks they have a decent league with some decent teams but your best team is not very good um (laughs) and then they had the second leg on the 5th of february in palermo 3-1 to juve yeah it's a (laughs) 9-2 that's an action (laughs) yeah it is not very pretty um Still in Europe, we had some youth Olympic winter days. Okay. Uh, an international, obviously, multi-sport event in February. It was in Sweden this year. Sundsvall. Sundsvall? Was the host, is the host city. Everyone knows Sundsvall. Is that from Midsummer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember any words that were spoken in that fucking movie. <laughs> because like the, one, you the one thing that no one said in that movie was like, we're going to go now. <laughs> This isn't safe. Uh, I get my flower hat. We're out of here. (laughs) We had alpine skiing. We had biathlon, cross-country skiing, figure skating, ice hockey, short track speed skating, and speed skating. No. It's just a bunch of kids, all right? Um, Oh, yeah, we we already established last uh, month that... um... Curling's for the upper crust because of that country it is. club. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a medal tally. It's not that exciting. Uh, Russia won. Um, actual Russia, not 
some weird conglomerate. <laughs> um, we also, I don't think I've ever heard of this before, but it's called a series, mm-hmm. the Caribbean series. Ooh, curling? No, <laughs> it was a baseball round robin. Remember okay. baseball? Yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was the 39th time they'd done it, and it's the first time I've heard of it. We had the Dominican Republic, Mexico, Venezuela, and Puerto Rico. Um, They just all played each other a bunch of times. Who? Who won? Let me know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they had like an actual... (laughs) Just playing for fun. (laughs) Yeah, like it was just a, a table thing. They didn't like go and have like a final or anything. It was just they all played each other. I mean, Dominican Republic won four of their six games. So I guess they won, but you know, <laughs> Mexico and Venezuela both won three. Yeah, you know, same, same. Um, I'm going to drop this in in case Laura ever catches back up and listens to our podcast. Okay. Boston Bruins defenseman Ray Borke scores a goal and an assist on February 1st to become Boston Bruins' all time scoring leader. Oh, nice. In his 18th season. 18th season. Yeah. They played. They just wheeled him out. <laughs> their last, I don't think it was their last captain. A captain they had a couple of years ago. I think he was like 40 or 41 when Jeez. he retired. Um, his name was Char. He was unreal. It was an absolute unit, could not be stopped. Vegan as well. Who'd have thought? Weird. Um, All right. Settle down. <laughs> lastly, but never leastly, you may recall. Uh, last month we had the Saskatchewan Scott Tournament of Hearts. Yeah, I remember that. And you probably asked yourself, "Why is it the Saskatchewan Scott Tournament of Hearts?" That's new. Yeah, constantly asked that myself every night. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, well, you'll be happy to know that in February, actually leading into March as well, but we will ignore that. Uh, <laughs> we had the Scott Tournament of Hearts. Okay, cool. Just like the just Saskatchewan one of its own. It's like, oh, we're not part of those. Maybe it was like a warm up event. Who knows? Um, but Schmirler the Curler was obviously there. <laughs> <laughs> Our new favorite. Uh, was hosted in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, all in the one place. Uh, but you won't believe who won. Schmirler? No, the sack. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's probably because... <laughs> because of Schmirler the Curler. Yeah, probably because like they had their little... Um, uh... Yeah, had their little warm-up. Yeah. Schmirler... I mean, do you warm up in curling? Because it's cold. So I guess, do you want to be... <laughs> Oh, you want to be nice. You want to be, gonna... be, be hot. Yeah. Mm. You want to melt the floor you're on. It could be dangerous. <laughs> uh, but we had a uh, sack Ontario in the playoffs with Alberta and Newfoundland. Uh, sack, they do like weird Aussie rules type finals. Like if you're first and second, whoever wins <sighs> goes to the final. Whoever loses gets another shot. Christ. Yeah. Um, SAC beat Ontario. So Ontario had to play Newfoundland. And Ontario beat Newfoundland. So then they played SAC again and they lost again. He <laughs> <laughs> gives everyone the opportunity to lose twice. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it nice? Um, and we also had, uh, as we do every February, the Canadian Junior Curling Championships. Oh, nice. Junior. Yeah. Uh, men's and women's, although I think they usually call it boys and girls because they are juniors. <laughs> or maybe. Maybe they're not junior juniors. I don't see ages on here. I don't know. Uh, they had this in Manitoba. 
everyone's favorite toba yeah uh your usual your usual provinces as as it always is uh in the men's slash boys alberta beat ontario in the final yeah uh I'm just constantly going to be looking for good curling rhyming names. <laughs> um, and in the girls or women's Nova Scotia beat Quebec. Nova Scotia. Yeah. Oh, um, cool. Exciting times in curling life. Uh, is there any fun names? Grenier. Very, very French Canadian names. Oh, someone's called Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Do they have a little hammer next to the name too? Uh, no, LaRouche has the hammer. Yeah. And it's movie time. It is movie time. Time for film. All right. Well. I'm going to hype this down a little bit. What's the opposite of hyping up? Well, no, look, I, I understand. There's, there's a lot to get through. Um, do, I, do I show a name more? I, I, I'll do it. Let me run them off for you. Okay. Petition the Beast, Dante's Peak, The Pest, Suburbia, Dangerous Ground, Absolute Power, Fools Rush In, That Darn Cat, Touch, Vegas Vacation, Blood and Wine, Lost Highway, Rosewood, Booty Call, Johnny Rasco, Hard Eight, Leprechaun 4, Smiller's Sense of Snow, Paradise Road, and The Empire Strikes Back re-release. Nice. That was now, pretty good. I should be I, on the news. You should. Um, I watched um, a bunch of these, but I'm accusing that you watched mm, two or three. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I technically watched five. <gasps> Look at you. Yeah, but we've already talked about Star Wars, so I won't count that. Yeah, so let's talk about... um, I didn't get around to watching Petition of the Beast, so hit me with that first, because I know you had a a huge Fran Drescher thing in the 90s, and maybe still now for some reason, and uh, yeah. I think it's a bit uh, offensive and inappropriate to say I had a huge thing for Fran Drescher, because Fran Drescher is this perfect, glorious woman who everyone loves and adores to single me out as someone that had some sort of thing for her is silly because she's incredible. What do you, what do you mean? She's yeah. the original Bailey Sarian. So. Okay. Well, in a shame. Um, very early on in this film. Do you want, do you want Shannon's or do you want Mark Wahlberg hate? Cause oh, you got to pick um, very early on in this film. I don't know how many people know Fran Drescher's uh, personal history, and I know we probably shouldn't, but she has spoken about it publicly. Oh, she was a victim of uh, rape, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. Um, so the premise of this Survivor, film... Survivor, sorry, I shouldn't say victim. Yeah. Uh, Fran Drescher is this beautician, obviously. Uh, she has this little makeup class that catches on fire. She, quote-unquote, saves all the student and saves all the animals. Okay. Ends up front page of the news... Some guy in this made-up company... I'm pretty sure it's a made-up country because it's not Slovakia and it's not Slovenia. Is it Timothy Dalton? It is Timothy Dalton. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he decides Bond. he wants an American teacher for his children to tutor them. Okay. And his dumb little assistant, whose name I can't recall, but you've seen him around, a uh, mousy little man, <laughs> he sees this newspaper is like, oh, this is the most heroic teacher in America. We'll hire her quickly finds out that she's not a teacher but keeps it under wraps um so anyway she's hanging out with these kids and this young boy says to her we don't want to be raped with your american culture like, 
whoa <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a choice of words right there it is and i'm guessing it wasn't public knowledge at the time and people just threw that word around because you know edgy um and then 10 minutes later he's checking her bum out mm. this, this is like a i think he's 15 maybe 16 Stop and he's making... yeah Stop like me uh sad okay so less sad um there's this random guy who works in the kitchen like part of the kitchen staff he yep. was in kingpin that was cool uh <laughs> they make lucille ball egg rolls <laughs> uh she slowly turns him into a nicer man like he's this horrible stalin type tyrant so michael lerner i'm assuming is the one is he the big the big dude that was his assistant yeah, big little guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Michael Lerner, okay. Yeah. Uh, the guy from... I'm trying to work out the guy from... Uh, Kingpin? Uh, Ian McNeese? No. Uh, he was like a tiny bit character. He was one of the staff in one of the bowling alleys. Okay, cool. I saw his face. I was like, you look familiar. <laughs> and I couldn't help it. Um, I always, You know what? I always thought that um, it was not Timothy at all. Who do you think I thought was in this movie? Pierce Brosnan? No, no. Look at the front cover. It does not look like um, Timothy Dolan. It looks like uh, Magnum. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got a moustache. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which she shaves off at one point. Oh, nice. Um, and there's this really weird flow of like him enjoying, like she gets this random factory to sign up to a union and go on strike and all this sort of stuff and like bring in the ideals of America that America doesn't actually follow. Um, that's also pays like because she's head of the SAG AFRA. Um, ah. so like that whole strike that happened last year, like she was like one of the, the big like spokespersons and like, um, sort of working out deals for the actors and stuff like that. So, yeah, she's again, like, do I have a thing for Fran Drescher or is she just an incredible lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, yeah. there you go. I'm pretty um, sure um, the director too, I think he has got some sort of Simpsons or Futurama connection. I think I've seen his name, I don't remember who it was. King Quappus. Because it's not a great film, I should say. Okay. Uh, I was, I mean, I had it from the library and I was, I'm an hiring and I was like, I just never had the, the will to do it. It's not heaps funny. Um, it's like, it's not bad, but it's just, it maybe goes on a bit too long of like, he's very open to like her ideas. Like he's more open than you'd expect. It's not full beauty and the beast of like, I hate everything. I'm going to murder everyone. He's a bit more like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, you're pretty hot if you think so. Um, and then they obviously have a big falling out. She goes home. Uh, her ex ex boyfriend rocks up and is like, "Let's get married." And she's like, "Ah, fuck! I thought you were Timothy Dalton." And then suddenly he appears. They kiss and credits. Oh, okay. immediately. It's a very weird way to end. Maybe he had no, no, sorry, not Simpsons. The, the Office. He did a bunch of Office episodes. This director, so weird yeah yeah it's not terrible not great well i watched dante's peak because someone had to and i feel like i wish i did i watched it with ollie like my my eldest and he was just like like all was like fake <laughs> 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 and i'm like yes it is shut up <laughs> um but it, it, 
I mean, apart from the 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 eleven year old in twenty twenty four, like for me, I thought I thought that a lot of it um was pretty amazing. The miniature work in this is amazing. Like, I would love to see a a, a documentary about how they did all this because, I mean, you can tell that it's miniature work, but it's still impressive nonetheless. Yeah, any miniature work is impressive. Oh, I could watch that stuff, and I have for. <laughs> Hours. Um, I always forget Linda Hamilton's in this movie. Look in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're having fun here. Uh, um, <laughs> I always forget Linda Hamilton's in this movie um, as the mayor of uh, Dante's Peak. Um, this is also the start of those... Uh, Wait, is the town called Dante's Peak? Yeah, or is the yeah. town called Dante and then the volcano is the peak? No, it's called Dante's Peak. Yeah. Um, this is the start of that dueling movie uh, studio. Like, so this one came out, then Volcano come out in a couple of months' time. Um, start with like Deep Impact and Armageddon when we get into that sort of as well. Can't um, wait. So this one's, yeah, this one's quite good. Like his, his little team of Volcano nerds um, is, is, is quite impressive. Um, I Look, I, I'll watch a disaster movie. Like it's, it's one of my favorite uh, genres of movie like I could watch all this sort of stuff all the time I don't really like the really crappy stuff like the the um, sci-fi general stuff but this this stuff's really really good um, you've got uh, as well as Linda Hamilton you have uh, a bunch of people that I'm not if I said the names of you're like who but if you then saw the pictures you're like oh him oh her oh yeah so right, it's, let, it's... let me get up some some photos here let me look as you say names alright well now I don't is, know is, is that that's not who I think it is. Uh, so Grant Heslov, you'll know, because you've watched Tree Lives. Yeah, sure. Uh, Charles, oh, yeah, he looks so different now. Charles Hallahan, you would know, because you've watched The Thing. Mm, did I? And <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stop now. <laughs> because <laughs> You're just going to make this, this sad for me. Um, look, I really liked it. I gave it, uh, I think I gave it like three stars. Yeah. It's three stars. Okay. Um, that's, that's a that's a high amount of stars. Um, I've also watched it twice in the last uh, since whenever I had uh, a letterbox on my phone. So that's, that seems <laughs> unnecessary. Well, I think I went through a disaster movie um, portion during um, COVID. So that lady um, looks a lot like Hilary Swank. She does. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell that. Hmm. Um, I watched Suburbia. Um, Me too. I don't know, like. Terrible. This, this movie is like yeah, it's it's like one of those um it's not all in one night, it's over a couple of nights, but like it's 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 very nineties like this is this to me when I see movies like this is what what I sort of associate with the nineties, which is like those sort of um kind of like Days and Confused, like those uh slacker sort of comedy drama type sort of things where like uh, No, you know what you know what this film is? This is someone saw clerks and reality bites and went Let's put them together and let's make it four years too late. Yeah, I, I can feel I can like, see that. I, like earlier on in the 90s, I think this maybe would have hit, but it just, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it kind of did at the time and it's not, it's obviously not for me. I thought it was awful. Like well, the very direct- aggressive racism. Oh man, it's, yeah, that is really bad. Um, it's directed by Richard Linklater. So, I mean, he kind yeah. of, well, he kind of inspired. Ken Smith with Slacker to write clips. 
<laughs> so it's kind of um but yeah like um i mean i, lo- I, I love parker posey I'll, I'll, I'll always watch her in anything um but giovanni rabisi is just like everyone's just all the, there's not really many redeemable characters in this movie like they're all pretty awful in their own way but then it also reminds me of being that age of just out of high school and like it's probably when people are out there are at their most awful so maybe it's a, a decent snapshot but like mm. For people, this is the thing that I, I took from it. When people think of um, when they get nostalgic for the '90s and say like, "Oh, things aren't where they like they were back then," I think people should watch this film because like this, like this shit was happening, but just wasn't being talked about. Like I knew so many like of these type of people of like, especially in like the sort of artistic band sort of um, industries. But there were still like racist pieces of shit and stuff like that. So like you know, and hanging yeah. out like on at that um, stop shopping malls on like Friday nights and just causing shit and lot of stuff. And it's like I'm kind of glad that like a lot of us have moved on from that. Um, and it's, it wasn't like you know, as as uh, great as what people remember it as. And no, this, definitely not. This one sort of shows what's and all about that sort of stuff. But like, I get two and a half. I could probably go down to two or to one. Um, I, I gave it one without any hesitation. Yeah, it was yeah. the weird moment where you think that Parker Posey has been beaten to death, mm. and then, like I've, I mentioned, the racism with the I forgot his name, the guy from Office Space, mm. um, and his whole family like they own this convenience store and petrol station, and these guys are just constantly, yeah, like against the wall Trash next it, yeah. to the next to the bin, just hanging out. Being that darrows. reminds me of working at the video store back in the day, like back in the not when you were there, but like in the early 2000s, we had like this gang that like just hung out. And it was for a couple of times, it was like terrifying. Yeah. They'd have fights and stuff like that, or they'd get drunk and they'd come in and they'd like annoy customers and stuff. And it's like, or they'd just steal shit in front of you. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Take off your rose colored glasses. The 90s yeah. weren't that great. <laughs> um, and if anything, if anything, it just bred the people who stormed the capital like in about 20 or 30 years. <laughs> um, this is also the film I referenced at the, at the start of this episode where you're talking about someone that gets famous and how the siblings deal with it. So this guy comes back <laughs> to town yeah. to hang out at the convenience store with his old friends because he's in a band or he's rich and famous now. So it's just really awkward. It's not very well done. There's just... I can't imagine that group of friends being real. They're all too different to actually hang out. Like Steve Zahn's just this dumb, dumb idiot. Giovanni Rubisi just seems really grumpy and on the edge. I still um, like, I still like Steve. Like I can Steve Zahn's got a very, like, I mean, I know that um, he does play the same character a lot, but yeah, I, do he think he, I do think he excels in that character. Like, I don't think he's, that's he's a good person. At, I, I do like him in this. Like he's probably one of the better ones. Yeah. But just as as that unit, uh, it just seems so strange. And then that punk guy that's just angry at everything and brings a gun and he dropped out of the army or whatever. And I know that guy, yeah. Like why why are you with these people? Why are any of you together? And then, uh, spoiler for the ending. The fuck is that? Oh, yeah. That the B friend that wasn't even really part of it and didn't drink or hang out. Suddenly she's just dead on the roof, and then it yeah. ends. It ends. Yeah. It's it's just. Maybe it's, maybe it's terrible. It's very nineties. Have you got uh, something better to talk about? And we can get that taste out of it. <laughs> um, well, what's the other movie that you watched? Because um, I've got a, quite a few that I could sort of burn through. Booty Call was bad. Um, Jamie Fox uh, kissing a woman and sort of starting to go down at her while, while doing a Bill Cosby impression is is just a, a thing to be seen to be believed. 
uh what about you um i was mistaken i did watch next one i also did fools rush fools rush in touch and lost highway all right so i watched uh fools rush in as well do you, did Man. you think it was cute okay <sighs> i didn't pay full, full attention to it <laughs> i did not pay full attention to it no but, and uh, look, i don't think I, it needed it <laughs> no and well, no no i definitely did not um yeah i look uh, not to speak ill um, but Matthew Perry, like, you know, a little bit goes a long way. Um, he just play, and look, he does play the um, uh, self-involved sort of career guy quite well in this movie. So if you don't know, he, um, him and Selma Hayek spend a night together and he, uh, she gets pregnant and then he's, he's building this huge, big uh, dance club down in Vegas, but he wants to be relocated back to New York she comes in and tells him like six weeks later that she's keeping the baby and then he decides to stay with her and raise it. But then he sort of gets lapses back into his old life and kind of uh, isn't very well recepted by her family, which I can totally, t- <laughs> I can totally yeah. get that. Um, he doesn't I do tell remember, his parents about it either. doesn't tell his parents because he's like, he does. I think and he's, lies. He's like, oh, my parents are in Europe. Yeah, they're yeah. not around. And then he says it because, like, you know, but we we know why he's saying that. Like, he's not he's ashamed. His parents are racist as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one thing to note is that there's a scene where there's some uh, uh, um, jet skiing in this movie. This is the in he so Matthew Perry got injured on this movie, and the resulting treatment with painkillers is what started a lot of his troubles with um, prescription medication. No way. Yeah, like this is where it sort of started. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it's, it, the ending's kind of heartwarming and like the, the bit where she's like, when, when she gives birth and then she's at like the, like the, the midway point between the two states on the dam, on the Hoover Dam. Um, look, there's, 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 there's is, a lot. Is that a goddamn? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a passable romantic comedy. Um, touch. I don't know. With me, like I think I I did fall asleep for about fifteen minutes towards the end of this one. There's not a lot going on in it. Um, but you watched it, it just for the Dave Grohl soundtrack anyway. So let's just talk about that. <laughs> no, like, I I don't remember as well as I thought I did. Um, that I do not remember the intro to the film where Conchita is. I didn't realize. She, I forgot that she was blind. Yeah, and she's yelling about LL Cool J, who's in this movie for two minutes <laughs> on a chat show with Gina Gershon. Two minutes. It's very odd. Yeah, um, it's super weird. Um, it's about Skeet Ulrich, who has special powers basically and can heal people if well, he wants to. Well, he doesn't. So, <laughs> what do you mean? He she was oh. blind and now she's not. Yeah, no, no. he grabbed Jane Fonda's boob and said, "You don't have cancer." Like he's 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 got the touch. Okay. Um the the cast is the cast is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Like for what I don't this know movie how this is, happens. It is there's just so much going on and I don't know uh like so Christopher Walken um plays like a um, like the major part in it. He was fun to watch although his uh his wig in this movie is uh Yeah, and he's notable. He's his his Walkenisms are are there. Yeah. Bridget Fonda, Christopher Walken, Skeet Ehrlich. Um, I must say, probably best person in this movie, Tom Arnold. Um, Usually, yeah. He, he was is great. Gr- he was great in this. He was excellent. Um, Gina Gershon, uh, Janine Garofalo rocks up, uh, Katrina Farrell, 
Um, Maya. <laughs> I don't think that's something to write home about in 97, but still, you have to acknowledge it. Rat Racers, Brecken Meyer? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's talk about the soundtrack, which has uh, so Dave Grohl composed that and also worked with. I so who was he with out of Veruca Salt? Was he was Louise Post or Nina Gordon? Yeah. No, it was Louise. I thought he was with Nina. No, you're incorrect. Uh, okay, and that didn't end well, did it? Uh, not. I mean, I don't think it was. Yeah, it wasn't great. Well, I don't think it was bad, but was there any songs? Is there any songs about him on Eight Arms to Hold You? Oh, I don't know. You know no, what? Surely not. I wonder if he had anything to do with production, though. Because, like, that album's, like, way more... Um, I mean, not heaps more... Um, pal- not, I mean, the first one's palatable to like, the, to, like, the music industry, but, like, this one had, like, a lot more hooks and stuff, and I was, like, wondering if he, like... Pulled some strings and... Or just did some producing and just said, like, oh, I should try it this way, try it that way. <laughs> don't let Man. anyone... Don't let your bass play, bassist play anything that you, want, that you don't want to play. <laughs> Is he that good? I don't know. Um, because as much as I had this soundtrack on CD and as much as I loved it, it doesn't go very well with the film. No, there's a couple songs that are good, but like there's one, the, the Bill Hill theme, which is a nice little piece of music. It just, uh, I don't know. There's so much of this film. I don't know what it is. If it's a comedy, it's, I told a friend, um, actually Adam, who was on our Foo Fighter episode a couple of seasons ago. And he yeah. just sent me like the, Rotten Tomatoes review of it <laughs> and the amount of times the word confusing came up <laughs> yeah it's 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 I don't know it's one of those ones again this these movies are coming out in 1997 and I suppose it's because I, was, I started watching more and more stuff like I, I used to just watch the Foxdale movie channels and just whatever was on I watched the thing so like I find these movies are the quintessential 90s to me but like this at this stage of of like uh, the history of cinema, there was like a lot of people who who were just given a chance, which was good. They were just given yeah. a chance to do something. They were just like, "Oh, you got this like <laughs> scrap of an idea. All right, you go you go make that. We'll give you some money." Um, and for better or for worse, like the wine scenes kind of let that happen to a lot of people. And like for better or for worse, like some people got their careers launched and you know. But um, yeah, I, in, I don't know cinema, how the I don't know how the soundtrack came around, though. Oh, I'd say it's probably just like... I mean, he was getting to be part of... Like, I mean, why was he in X-Files? Why was he like... Yeah, that's true. On the X-Files soundtrack, so... Um, I think the soundtrack officially is released next month. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll point out the standouts for people then. Okay. But I'm pretty sure this was his last time. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even... Scoring a film. <laughs> um... Let's get. I'll, I'll go through a couple of things. I know you want to get Lost Highway. Uh, did you watch Vegas Vacation? I did. Um, I loved this film growing up. It's look. It's it's fine. Like I think there is a very funny bit at the start where um, they make reference to the fact that their children keeps changing appearance. Because um, he's like, uh, he's like, you guys are eighteen now. Like in a few more years, you might be completely different people. <laughs> and they kind of like. Don't look at the camera, but they kind of sort of, yeah, they do a little bit of a pause. Um, uh, there's a bit, of, I don't know, um, Randy Quaid's back. <laughs> he's hey. kind of kind of grosser, grosser than ever. Like there's, um, he's got way more children. He's got like this one quote unquote hot daughter that, I don't know, that's, that whole portion of the film is a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but at she's... the same time, 
Um, just to flip that on its head, a lot of people talk about the shame or disgust if your daughter grows up and is an exotic dancer or a dancer or something along those lines. He's very supportive of the career path that she wants to take. Too, you know? be too supportive. Probably. <laughs> and if you're Randy Quaid, it, it sounds a bit different because he's an unstable guy. <laughs> yes. But growing um, up watching this, I think because I wasn't someone, my family didn't watch Christmas Vacation. Okay. That was not a staple in our house. I did not have a connection with that. This one just seems funner and just goofier. Ethan Embry is hilarious and he barely says a word. Yeah. He's wins all this money. Kind of, kind of, kind of very much like his character in that thing you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, it's, it's kind yeah, of all he did for a while. He had a type there. Um, and I, I mean, look, I wasn't really enjoying it. And then mercifully, the, um, the DVD that I borrowed from the library you were skipping. So I, I didn't really see the end. <laughs> Oh. But um, yeah. Look, uh, look, it's fine. It was. Just... I don't think Beverly D'Angelo gets naked in this one, does she? No, no, I check man. Is that why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really wanted to see Dangerous Ground, um, with uh, uh Ice Cube in it, but I couldn't find a, a decent. It's got Ice Cube and Liz Hurley in it. I do remember that being um. Ah, uh, no, I didn't know Liz Hurley was in it. A staple of um, when Damn. we used to do, when I used to do sleepovers and like you grab a bunch of movies. I think that was taken a couple of times, um. Me, me and my kids early oh uh, it's also like a pretty brutal mover up that from okay. memory um uh me and my kids watched that darn cat and they were not impressed oh <laughs> they more paid me out they kept me shit about the fact that because I, I, I mentioned that i had a crush on um what's the face um who's in that darn cat <laughs> what's her name man i don't know bad uh christina ricci um i yeah it was, was a different time guys oh, but yeah no but like yeah when, when i was when I, and yeah like i was just like oh no when i was like younger i used to have a bit of a question and they're like Ooh. when i look back on it now like even casper and now and then i'm like why did i have a crush on her <laughs> um i did not watch leprechaun 4 even though i really, oh, wanted, no. to, even I really wanted to um i watched donnie brasco donnie brasco is a very interesting movie to watch like taking taking the johnny depp away of it all away Donnie Brasco is a great movie to watch because Al Pacino plays a um, mob. He's not even a mob, mob boss. He's kind of like just like sort of a, a like a, a slightly higher level um, guy in the in the in the chain of things. He actually gets uh, taken over by Michael Madsen at one point in this movie, um, but he plays this pathetic role quite well. Like after a couple of strong roles, like he had just been in Heat. And obviously, he's got the um, Scarface and Godfather um, legacies. He mm-hmm. played this sort of meek um, guy who's just like the whole movie. He's just like seeing all these people get sort of promoted above him and all this good stuff happening to him. While he's got like he's got a son who's like a drug addict, drug addict and he's got um, testicular cancer. As <laughs> he keeps saying, "Cancer of the dick." Um, and it's it's quite interesting to watch. And then he finds out, like, to cap it all off, spoil it. That cool. this this new guy that he knows, Donnie Brasco, this new guy on the scene who's like quite close to him, is an undercover federal agent, and it's just like it's it's kind of crushing in the end when you watch it and you're like, because like the uh, his handler, like the guy, um, Do- uh, Johnny Depp's handler, comes in and, and lays it all out in this pool table and said like, hey, the guy that you've known has been the Fed and he's been you know he's he's basically stitched you all up, and the look on. Uh, Al Pacino's face is quite like you're quite you feel bad for him because you're like oh man he 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 finally found this kid that he kind of liked and was like treated him as family and even that was a lie um 
I did read um, an interview with him about this film as well, that he got a lot of inspiration. And even I think the film itself came from uh, Springleaf and they drew a lot from the James Acaster version <laughs> of, you know, being undercut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I was like, I'm going to worry about watching it. And then I, I finally just sort of watched it one afternoon and yeah, like not, not, like I, I got like a tad not not emotional, but just like oh, like I he actually like you know Pacino makes Pacino makes you feel things, you know he's that good an actor of like you know he can make you um, feel sorry for him even though half an hour ago he also shot someone in the face thing like carved him up with a butcher's knife. <laughs> so I've got uh, let's talk about okay, I've got I've got two more. So um, I'm starting a new thing. Uh, and I know you'll 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 hate this, but I don't give a shit. I'm gonna do uh, <laughs> the thing. Thing I've most noticed, like by doing fact sheets this this year, a lot of good dad movies. So I'm gonna do dad movie of the month. And my dad oh. movie of the month this month. Um, this is completely separate from our our top movies for the month. Okay. Because usually usually they usually they don't intercede. I'm sure. And there's one coming up where I'm like it might be both, but whatever. Um, absolute power this week. This a is choice. the Clint Eastwood, uh, Gene Hackman. Um, uh, thriller? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you a, a quick rundown. Uh, Clint Eastwood is a uh, a, a thief, a, a, like an art thief, he do, or he steals all, all sorts of things. He hasn't been um, around for a while. He decides to hit this house. And while he's in this like room with the two-way two mirror, Gene Hatman comes in, and while he's getting down and dirty and sexy with this woman, he gets upset, and then he kills her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, classic Gene Hackman. Well, he, no, he 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 gets rough with her. She um, is about to stab him, and then his Secret Service agents uh, shoot her. But um, he was well on his oh. way to. Do, does any any point does Gene Hackman call her a whore? I think he does. Yeah. Get this whore out of my house. <laughs> um, then you find out. Are you ready for this? Gene Hackman <gasps> is the president. Oh my god. And you know what? This is the interesting thing about this this year. There is a lot, and this is before all the Lewinsky stuff has come out. No one know people have kind of got a bit of a notion that Slick Willie in the White House <laughs> might be not like the most. Uh, he might be slicking his Willie. Yeah, um, there is a lot of movies that have come out about the the a person playing the president doing not great things, and I don't know whether it's like. There is Republican power brokers in Hollywood saying we need a way to like kind of break public trust in the sitting president because we can't find any dirt on him. And we need like, you know, you know, with with, with Bush and Trump and all that stuff, it's like it's like shooting fish in a barrel, like to to point out like why they're so shit. But with Clinton, like he was pretty like no one really knew anything, any dirt on him yet. Can you imagine if Bill Clinton's at home watching all these movies like, huh, maybe I can have a lady touch my penis. <laughs> oh, Gene, how can do it? I can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, I, and I don't, I don't, you know, obviously I'm not going to put my like foil hat on, but like I don't doubt that there was people in Hollywood going, how can we sort of get, like plant a seed in the public's head that like the sitting president is like a bit of a scumbag. Let's like make a bunch of then like you know you obviously we got Air Force One coming up so he's that that's that's not going to be like that. But there's a couple of movies coming up that you'll find that like there's a, it's it's about the president usually having some sort of sex, sexual perversion <laughs> and like yeah. maybe people did know. <laughs> it's 
or is it art imitating life life imitating art yeah yeah um definitely but like um so absolute power probably illuminati absolute power was an absolute delight oh it had um jan from the office it did she was the one that got that got mad oh poor jan and richard (laughs) jenkins as I exclaimed to Mal, I'm like, she's from the office. And she's like, ah, oh, okay, she's good. Yeah, she's, she's dead. She's dead. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. Like, I, I, I found it, like, there's a couple of really good setups um, with um, the, uh, like, doing surveillance on uh, Clint Eastwood. There's a time, there's a, there's a point where he, um, he goes and has lunch. And it's just interesting the food that he puts in his plate. <laughs> like it was just because um the person um after him is uh, Ed Harris, and he he's great in this movie. Uh, Laura Always. Linney Laura Linney plays Clint Eastwood's uh, daughter. Ah, uh, Laura Linney has she ever not been amazing in anything? It's great. I mean, the, I, look what like, Richard Jenkins is in this. It's, yeah, he's in a lot of movies in 1997. By the way, um, so yeah, look, uh, this is definitely my um, my dad movie of the month. Absolute power, uh, it's it's great. Um, I am also going to talk about just before you talk. Actually, talk about Lost Highway, and then I'll I'll finish off with my my favorite. I don't want to. <laughs> this movie's weird. I remember. Can I tell you a Lost Highway story? Yes. When I was on the set of Lost Highway, no. Um, <laughs> I I remember. Same Weirdly, one night, um, must be in '98, because that's when we would get it on on VHS. But my brother bought my brother, my older brother was living with us for for a portion, and he brought Lost Highway home from the video store, and him and Dad were watching it, and then they let me watch some of it, and then Dad sent me out because <laughs> he said, "I don't think this is appropriate for you." But I yeah. remember at one point, also my dad going like, "I don't know what's going on." <laughs> And he was like really annoyed by this movie. He's just like, and this is like, I always, at the time, if I'd known, I'm like, Dad, we also got absolute power. You go back into your study and you watch that. And he'd be like, Yes, cool. (laughs) Um, I I, would have joined him in the study and watched Absolute Power. What did you, uh, yeah, I I, I can't even remember what it's about. It's got, um, I know it's got a, I know it's got a real life murder in it. I know it's got a real life murder in it. (laughs) Does it? What do you mean? Uh, isn't the guy from um, uh, Money Train in it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But he, he doesn't. He no. He he he, mur- he murdered his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like someone in the film dies no, in no. the film, but also real life. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No. He 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 um he. because uh, yeah, when I saw him, I was like, I recognize him from somewhere, and it's not the Burbs. Yeah. And then when I looked him up, he wasn't in anything. Pretty much soon after this, like he. I was like, oh, did he retire early? <laughs> well, in a way. <laughs> he only died um, a few years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's hard because like, going into it, I knew it was a David Lynch film. Mm. And I feel like it might have helped me not knowing that. But then there's a possibility I would have seen some giant fucking red curtains and been like, that's a weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bowie song at the start. Yep. I uh, had high hopes. Like this is, we're in a, we're off on the right foot here. Um, and then five minutes in, Bill Pullman, sorry, Beige Pullman, is smashing the saxophone, sweating his balls off. Uh, yeah, yeah, it took a different turn. Um, watching him and Patricia Arquette have sex was not ideal. There's a lot of 
unnecessary breasts in this. I don't um, know whether those two words go together. <laughs> and look, I don't want to say that no one wants to see boobs because, you know, they can be, they are delightful things and, you know, sure. But uh, I don't know how necessary it was. I I don't think I saw any, no, I did see some male nipples. I did not see as many male nipples as I saw female nipples, which okay. I find very interesting. Um <laughs> The face swap effect they do after they have sex is just awful of that murderous man. Um, so basically, uh, what this movie apparently is... I've got nipples, Ben. Do you want to see them? Yes. <laughs> but only milk? as many times as I've seen a woman with nipples. Can you milk me? I, can, I don't know. There's a lot of sugar on there. Um, <laughs> it would make some caramel. <laughs> is that how you make it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette live in this really nice apartment. But in this, by the way, I like the fact that you're about to attempt to um, talk about a David Lynch film. This is going. Uh, I I can fully explain what's going on here. So Bill Pullman plays a saxophone. Mm-hmm. He's a musician. Uh, they start getting these random videos mailed to them, and they get steadily longer each time. Uh, the first one is just the exterior of their apartment building, and then it's like in their hallway. And then Patricia Arquette seems to be fed off of watching them. And Bill Pullman's like, got the tape where he's like, do you want to watch it or not? Come and watch it. <laughs> um, and then it's like them in their bed and they call the police and the police are like, what do you want us to do? And she's like, well, they're, they're, someone's in our house filming us. Like, you have to do something. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, I guess so. Um, they come around, they watch it. They're like, hmm, weird. Uh, and then there's another tape that comes along and it is of Bill Pullman murdering Patricia Arquette. And he freaks out and then he wakes up and he's being beaten by a pair of police officers. The ones that came to his house and were like, this is weird. Uh, He goes to jail and then he vanishes. But I don't remember them showing him disappearing. Okay. It's just suddenly like he wasn't as from where I was watching it on the couch. It seemed as though he was suddenly not integral to the story anymore. And the story had moved on to Gary Busey, (laughs) his wife. And their teenage child, who was in Sum 41. Um, Is that actually the guy from Sum 41? No, it's Giovanni Rubisi and his friends that look exactly like Sum 41. It's a busy month for him. Yeah. Um, He's not in it much. I don't think he really speaks. Um, So anyway, it starts revolving around Gary Busey's son. And Uh, I'm already confused and annoyed. Then you slowly, possibly, start to realize that did Bill Pullman go and turn into this kid? Did his soul or his spirit go into this guy? Like, this is Twin Peaks season four, basically. Or yeah. season three. This is very Dougie Jones. It's fucking weird. Okay. Um, and then, so this guy's having sex with his girlfriend here and there. The cops are following him for some reason. I'm not sure how that happened or why that happened. Um, and then he starts talking about with Patricia Arquette because she knows that he was Bill Pullman and then he starts to work out that he was Bill Pullman and she puts together this plan to kill the guy that's living in Bill Pullman's house and then also kill the pimp that was hiring her, I think, while still hooking up occasionally. See, this is why you should maybe think about stuff where you give people money to buy, to make films and stuff. The highlight of the film for me is when the cops came around to their house towards the start, and we're like, have you guys got security cameras? And like, we can capture this. 
And Patricia goes, ah, oh, yeah, we, we did or we do, but they're not, they're not hooked up. And they're like, why? And they said, ah, oh, he, beige doesn't, doesn't want them. I'm like, why don't you want them? He said, I like to remember things my own way. <laughs> not particularly the way that it happened. <sighs> Fucking hell. What? What the the problem like like and this is my problem with like David Lynch and David Lynch fans and movies and stuff like that is that it's fine if you like it and stuff like that it's, that's you know but I don't I I don't think weird and um kooky should be the reason for critical acclaim like it's like it's like people who listen to uh the um what do you call it like jazz. Dub, no, no, not even jazz, no. like like dubstep or like that noise, the you know noise bands and stuff like that, and it sounds fucking awful. And they're and you're like, oh, why why do you like that? And it's like, oh, because it's different from the rest. And it's like, I don't like, I don't know how people, I my brain can't work out how people can get enjoyment from stuff that is not explainable. And that's you know that's obviously my that's that's how I live my life and. You know, I think it's okay if you can't explain why you love, like it, but if your sole reason is it's different, then do you actually, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't like it, but do you actually like it? Yeah. And that's what like a lot of people, especially like when you start talking about movies with people. Um, and also when they find out you work in a video store, it's like, oh, so you like this movie and this movie is like, no, no, I like The Fugitive. And it's like, because, <laughs> because I can explain uh, the no. Fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> I like anything with Kevin Costner, but like, um, I can see even if like I didn't like the future, I could see why people like even like with um uh let's say country and western music like I'm not a huge big fan of it but I can definitely definitely see why why people like it but with stuff like this I don't like it would it frustrates me that when I don't have like a, a linear sort of storyline storyline or like a conclusion sort of thing and I don't understand how people can like go that's fine <laughs> but at the same time you do accept those people that do like it and choose to like it. Oh well, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's... it's fine. It's just it's it's usually you know, it's I'm usually saying just... it's fine. No, because but, like, but usually it's because those are the people who are the ones who give you shit for liking stuff like the fugitive because like it's just so you know commercial and so this beige. and so that and it's like I like being beige. Beige is a good color. It's a neutral color. But you don't like beige Pullman. That's... I never said I didn't like beige Pullman. I well, I mean you call him beige Pullman. Well, he is beige Pullman. Um. They're also uh, the actual second best bit, maybe the best bit of the song, the film is Song to the Siren. What's uh, it's a Tim Buckley song, oh, which okay. weirdly was in the True Detective episode that we watched a couple of days earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Synchronicities. Again, another, another show where I'm like, I like it, but like, I'm going to want every one of these storylines to be explained to me at some point. I don't like this. Uh, you know, I think, I think they're, they're, they're too big for their britches, some of these people. It's just not life, Paul. I'm sorry. Sometimes uh, you just don't know. Yeah. So you can't end the episode with a polar bear. They're not explaining the fucking polar bear. Fucking hell. I hope that you're going to end on a film that makes perfect sense and has some closure. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm going to end on um, Hard Eight because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson... Um, for for a, a, a director that I used to not like just by association with Kevin Smith because he didn't like him and I kick myself uh, daily for not just like not listening to Kevin Smith's recommendations all these years. Um, it's a really good film. It's about um, uh, 
like it's got a lot of his regulars in it because like later this year we'll see uh, Boogie Nights, which is his, is this one? This one actually was filmed quite a couple a couple of years beforehand, but um, uh, the distribution deal got um, uh, didn't get worked out, and it took a lot longer to get a similar release. But this is really good. It's got John C. Riley in one of his early roles, um, not hey. playing. He's he's like uh, he is such a great. I <laughs> I have never known him to be this dramatic, and like he's way. He's just as good dramatic actor as he is a comedic actor. Um, he is good. And then you've got Philip Baker Hall, which um, will co- he'll come up in Magnolia and also Bo- Boogie Nights as well. Gwyneth Paltrow. Samuel Jackson pops up. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman pops up for a very, very cool little um, bit part. Um, yes. It's all about Vegas and um, uh, Philip Baker Hall uh, basically... Uh, sort of, he, he, he kind of takes John C. Riley under his wing and teaches them how to not like count cards and stuff like that, but just like how to make money out of Vegas without um, actually gambling. Like there's, there's a way to sort of play the system uh, along the way. They meet Gwyneth Paltrow, then Gwyneth Paltrow and Don C. Riley get together and then stuff happens. And uh, you know, it, it becomes complicated as, as, as things always do. Um, the music sounds, in this is really... sounds a little bit rounders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yep. Um, the music in it is great. Um, it's just like, if you can see where Philip, um, I'm sorry, Paul Thomas Anderson is heading with his just like the camera shots and like the um, the storyline and how it sort of goes long. It's just really, really well made, and uh, I had never seen it before. Like I've seen a lot of his other films, and um, this is the first time I watched it, and I I fucking loved it. So this is my my favorite for the month, by the way. Um, oh, it's on Stan. If you ever get a chance to, if you if you um, signed up to them. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's good to see where I don't think he's, um, I don't think he released anything else before this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of his, one of his best. All right. Yeah. So I did not one, see that coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, that, what's, uh, well, no, we'll get to, we'll get to the end to do your pick. That's cool. Yes. Well, yes, we will. Okay. Because it's very, very exciting what I'll pick out of all that shit that I watched. <laughs> um, the Australian box office was uh, Michael was up there for one week. Metro was up there for one week. I probably saw it that week. Um, and, and Evita was up there for two weeks. Um, so, you know, Australians love a musical. The US box office was Star Wars was number one. Dante's Peak was number two. Absolute Power was number three. Empire Strikes Back was number four, and Vegas Vacation was number five, which means that only Dad's went to the movies in <laughs> February 1997. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get on to TV. Um, not, uh, you know, look, I, I watched the, so the Chris Rock show um, <laughs> premiered. I don't, I don't mind some Chris Rock, but not a lot of Chris Rock. <laughs> I, feel I know like you don't, he's, you don't, you don't like a lot of big uh, Chris Rock. Um, I used to. Uh, I know when Doctor Lulu came out, I did think that he was hilarious and I loved his voice. Um, but kind of like what we said about Chris Farley in um, Beverly Hills Ninja about being the buddy, and I'm not saying that like, look, yeah, I'm not relegating these people to like, you know, to those roles, but I'm just saying where they shine best is usually in those roles. And it's, it's probably from being on an SNL and like being part of like a, those groups where it's like you sort of take, everyone takes a part sort of thing. 
And I think the same as Chris Farley, like Chris Rock can be quite a strong character. Like he stands out. Yeah. Which is usually what you want for a main character, but sometimes it's it's a bit much. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. Big Sky in Australia, um, starring Gary Sweet. Um, of course, because it's, it's a nineties Australian TV show, so it had to have Gary Sweet in it. That's um, Australia's that's sweetheart. <laughs> Reese Muldoon. I like him. I don't know who that is. If you looked at it, you, you would know who he was. Uh, Martin Henderson. Um, <laughs> Martin Henderson. A lot of the people you know again. If you if you saw their face, you're like, oh, I know them. Um, I had a couple. I, I had a look at the the pilot episode. It wasn't too bad. So um, they it's it's all about this aviation company that um, uh, flies a lot. <laughs> he kind of looks like that Coles guy that thinks that we can cook meals cheap. What? Just in that photo. Okay. Okay. Not in the other ones. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> never watched it, never heard of it. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, because Gary Sweet was obviously um, after water rats and police rescue and stuff like that. He's, you know, everyone, everyone loves, loves him to sweet. So, I guess. Um, let's go on. Oh, no, before we go on to music, we've got our. Mm. Uh, every, every week we go through the guests that were on um, Conan O'Brien, because we're big fans of Conan O'Brien here. We were doing it to the tune of River of Dreams last season, but we're back to uh, <laughs> we didn't guess the name with the, to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire. And... It's just a better segment name as well, right? Sure. I mean, River of Guess is was good. Yeah, but I I do like this, and also like the fact that you forget the melody beforehand. Well, I had a whole year fun. of doing River of Dreams, and regardless of what you say, they're quite similar. Right. You know, he's got he's got a new song coming out. No, he's he doesn't. Finally, finally written some new music. Yep. No, he's, he does. no, he's done. It's over. Five, four, three, two, one. John Leguizamo, Rod Steger, the Cardigans, Fran Drescher, William Shatner, Paul Lucas, and A. Pierce Brosnan, Billy Bob Thornton, Robert Palmer, Tom Arnold, Tommy Davidson, Big Head Todd, and the Monster Jeffrey Rush, Will <laughs> Chamberlain, Mary <laughs> Chapman Carpenter, Gene Siskel, and Roger Ebert. Jeff Ross, Jennifer Lopez was scheduled to be the music guest, but was cut due to time concerns. Richard Harris, Jake Johnson, <laughs> Vivek A. Fox, Ben Stiller, Paul Nard, Zizi Leon Gass, Alec Baldwin, Penelope Ann Miller, Clyde Peeling, and Norm MacDonald, Christopher Gass, Sleeping Ooh. Giants, John Ritter, Melissa Joan Hart, Smash Pumpkins, Ice T, Dwight Yoakam, Jack Gallagher, and A. Cheryl Crow, Dino Diaco, James Cotton, Bob Cosmer, Malone, Bonnie Rat. <sighs> Did I get a bit cocky with the Jennifer Lopez bit? Yeah, 53 mm. seconds. Ah, oh, hard. Heaps of time. No, you didn't. Yeah, heaps of time. All right. Ooh, what? It's getting one. closer. It's getting closer. I can't believe they <laughs> pushed Jennifer Lopez. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a big call. She's a um, month, though. Yeah, that's... Oh, man. I would Pumpkins? Watch, I would watch in every one of those. Tom Arnold? Yeah, it's a good time. Don't know about Jeffrey Rush these days. <laughs> Let's go into the music. So the music for February 1997, we've got David Bowie, um, Texas. Hang on, you've got to do an accent for every artist if David Bowie gets an accent. <laughs> nope. The Offspring. <laughs> Silverchair, Blur, Big Head, Todd and the Monsters, amazing. Pavement, Sick of It All, Coal Chamber, 
Veruca Salt, the best, this is the best um, band name for the month. Thrush Hermit. <laughs> Fucking love it. Manson, not Marilyn. Uh, Live, White Town, L7, uh, Elliot Smith, your favorite, Pinhead mm-hmm. Gunpowder, Marcy Playground, Sister Hazel, James, and Hot Water Music, and the Delgados. And then also Bill Hicks came out with his uh, last ever, well, he didn't come out because he was already dead, but they came out with his last ever um, concert that he performed, one of the last ever concerts, yeah. So, a lot to go through there. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit. You said you listened to the lesser known stuff? Yeah, so I want to like, time? I wanna, um, so the Delgados were really good. They were kind of like, um, not punky, but like sort of a, a bit faster, rocky sort of stuff. Um, uh I really liked uh, I really liked that thrush hermit helmet, uh, thrush hermit too, because I know it's very it's very just like sort of middle of the range like nineties type sort of stuff. Sorry to say that if there's listening to us, but um, like you know uh, the Delgados. I kind of like that. It's kind of like. Kind of like pavementy, kind of you know, sort of yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, L7's um album was was actually quite good. Um, that, I think that might have been I was I was very album. confused by L7's album. Uh, like is... one song was the Pixies and the next was ACDC. This is fresh, man. This is like the sound, the guitar sounds great. Loved it. I actually that's oh, nice right. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I actually, if, if there wasn't as many like big albums, that one would be very close to being my favorite. I really liked, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Big Head Todd and the Monsters. I was like, yeah, like, they, <laughs> it's such a good name to for, for a band. And this, they could go on tour with um, the Jim Blossoms and. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I thought Jim Dawson's already played. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they could. Oh, man. That's just pure unadulterated pull rock right there. Um, Um, I'm not going to get much into this because it's not throwing copper. And I will admit, uh, we'd spoken previously about live coming up and Secret Samadhi, and I may have had some sort of excitement towards it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that excitement disappeared within about a minute <laughs> when the first song of the album, Rattlesnake, let's go hang out in a mall or a morgue, a smorgasbord. Let's go hang out in a church. We'll go find Lurch. Then we'll haul us, we'll haul us down through <laughs> the Abbey. Is it money? Is it fame? What's in a name? Shame. Is it money? Is it fame? Or were they always this lame? <laughs> Poetry. Poetry mm. from Ed. Wow. That's the first song. Yeah, but everyone's just, everyone's just skipping to Lucchini's Juice. Oh. You sure this isn't Smashing Pumpkins? It does sound like it, yeah. It does. I really liked... The song and also the um, clip to Freaks. Do you know this song? I do. This song's really good. There's still some some good stuff on here, but 
that first song just put such a terrible taste. I bet, I yeah. could not get past that. Smorgasbord? Come on. <laughs> I think Lurch would be the... Yeah. That That's that's bad. Um, so let's go through the, the more sort of notable ones. Um, like White Town, Your Woman? Oh, man. This whole, this whole album is actually quite good. Like, it's it's kind of yeah. like got that whole... Um, it's just one it? guy. Yeah. It's just um, one guy. It's just, this, he this, thinks he's Moby. This song is just great. Bum, bum. I always thought this, like, was an actual British band, like... Like, or even, like, a Moby or a Supergrass or... Yeah, kind of like, know, um, just... the Where's Your Head At? Guy. Yeah, it's just, just some <laughs> one random guy. Uh, yeah, I that song um, very much reminds me of um, uh, Channel V because that clip was on all the time. Uh, he also had a song, was it called like Theme for an Evening TV Show or something? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was weird. Um, but yeah, like good. I mean, I know the, I know the, the artists themselves hate this stuff, but good electronica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I tried Elliot Smith again. <laughs> I tried a little bit harder. It's okay. It's just not going to happen. It's okay. It's not going to happen. Um, quick, quickly on Freak Show because I know we'll cover it next month. Um, great album, pretty much start to finish. Yeah. Um, I just, I was just going to say this now because I didn't see it or realize it earlier, and I know it could come out next month, um, next episode, but. It went three times platinum in Australia, 200,000. Yeah. In America, it sold 500,000, but only went gold. Yeah, because it like the, the... Isn't that sad? The like, I know they've yeah, got different... Yeah. yeah. Um, but then in Canada, 100,000, and it went one times platinum. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Weird. But yeah, great album. Uh, come back next week and... Yeah, we'll go we'll through go on and on about it. We're gonna go, yeah, through the tracks. We're gonna rank them. Um, so I got to tell you my offspring story. So oh, okay. when I was in, um, well, I was, would have been nineteen, uh, probably at the end of nineteen ninety-seven. I went to my first, pretty much first ever punk show. Um, well, yeah, let's just call it my first ever punk, first ever punk show. Who was playing? Um, the offspring, uh, backed up by a little band who hadn't broken hugely yet, called the Living End. Is that a punk show? Well, to us, to us it was. And boy, do we spray our hair blue that night and, you know, dress ourselves up in, in our, all our punkest clothes because that's Aww. what we thought you had to do. Um, it was at the Entertainment Center. Me and my friend uh, Brett were uh, quite... <laughs> um, I wasn't partaking in, in, the, in the drinking and the smoking of the dope because um, I was still a good boy. Uh, but yeah, a lot of I other bet. people do. Um, it was it was just a surreal thing to like, uh, you know, when you go into when you go to gigs later in life, and like the seats are there, and you're all sitting down, and like you know, you can have a drink, but it's like it's a, it's in a plastic cup sort of thing. Like this is um, bare bones, people smoking, people doing drugs, people drinking out of bottles and stuff like that, and just there was no safety whatsoever so i got my way to the front of this i went um uh, when when living in was on i was right on the gate um something that would uh result in um me having bruises on my (laughs) on my chest um for a few days after that um they started the show with the song bad habit which i don't know if you know how bad habit goes but it's uh 
is the one with the bass intro. That's hey man, you know. And did, did you have a little a little jizzy mess when they started with the bass? No. So what happened was um the it was the the whole place was completely dark. And then the bass started that. And the crowd went to the right and people just toppled on top of each other. Oh, God. And people and people were like helping each other up. Though, like people were like really cool about it and stuff like that. Mm. And then it went the other way, and people were like, "It was, it was like, it was really cool." But it was like one of the scariest moments of my life. Is when I it's when I realized that I do not like being in enclosed spaces um, because I thought that I was going to die. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I I stayed on the gate for about. But then you don't, and it's like, oh, this is great. Let's do it again. I, I stayed on the gate for about five songs, and then sort of went back a bit. So you there's did, a you didn't go over and then back? No, no, no. Oh. So there's I got kicked in the head a couple of times from people going over. Um so then uh, there's a point in the um in the the gig where they start throwing uh beer cans, full beer cans out into the audience. And they're sort of just looking for people who's like, "Oh, who wants a beer?" and then like people are like, "Yeah." Um I did not put my hand up for the beer. <laughs> but the person in front of me did. And if they were going to put their hand up for the beer, then they should have been a better catch because it went straight <laughs> through their hands and it, a, 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 a full can of VB smacked me in the head so hard. Like, I don't think I was concussed. And I don't, I don't, since that day, I don't think I've ever been concussed. But if, if, if there was anything, like, I'm pretty sure I was close to it. Um, kind of the fact that it was cold was pretty like a saving grace. But um, so, yeah, I was like, I got out of my first gig. I'm like, well, I was really crushed. I've got really bad, oh, my chest hurts. Um, and I've got a beer can uh, bump on my, on, my, on my head. And so, I had to watch the offspring play. <laughs> and that's, that was my, that was the ballad of my uh, first and last time uh, on the uh, front row of, of, of a show. Um, so we went for this, this tour, the Exam the Hombre tour, uh, it is um recently i um on uh, 60 songs that explain the 90s they did um the pre-fly for a white guy and they do a pretty comprehensive sort of look through offsprings albums and stuff i can't recommend that episode enough it is very funny um but in this one it's it's when they started getting a little bit sillier with stuff so like um, it starts off with um, like a joke song called Disclaimer, which has got Jello Biafra from Jay Kendi's, who also produced this album. Ah. Um, I, I don't know whether they paid him a lot or whether they, like, it seemed very weird for him to be associated with this whatsoever. Um, I guess the, 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 the paycheck was right. Um, but then you've got like, <laughs> you've got The Meaning of Life, which is a decent song. Motta, which is about um, getting a bag of drugs. Um, me, or, me and My Old Lady, which is just a silly song. Got, stupid. Got stuff like Cool to Hate, Leave Behind is really good. Then we've got this song, um, which everyone will remember. The, from Crazy uh, Taxi? Yeah, from Crazy Taxi. And also uh, was, it, the, was it this or was it... it was, oh, no, that, is, that was... Um, all I Want? This has gone away. This, that was All I Want. Yeah. This is the swinging, um, the swinging light bulb in the, in the video. Do you remember that? I don't think I've ever seen this video, but I've known this song yeah. for a long time. So, um, and this, this is also when he shaved off his dreadlocks and had that, what he has now, like the bleach blonde spiked hair. Um, he got one of the worst songs. This is this is the song that like, um, it's called I Choose. This is where it gets into that more Americana, like joke, punky type sort of yeah. stuff. And it's just... 
<laughs> um, the guy that threw the beer can into my head um, was the uh, the extra percussionist they had on stage for like songs like this, where they had to have like bongos and like other yeah. stuff going on. That's um, cool. Then he got an intermission for some reason, um, and it's because just like, it's so long. Yeah, <laughs> and it? then you've got the yeah 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 of all I want way down the line three Ds and like, but it's it's just a it's a weird. Back at the time, I thought it was like great, and then listening to it now, it's really something that has not aged as well as what you think. Like Smash, I still think holds up. Um, this one in particular is is not not except for going away and all I want. Mm. Um, another thing that's also not great, and you you totally called this uh, I think last uh, episode or January episode. Um, the Blur album has two songs on it that are like halfway <laughs> decent, and the rest of it is terrible. Ah, oh, no way. Blur are not great. <laughs> Blur Blur bite off more than they can chew too much. So they're like, oh, we're gonna have a sixteen song album. It's like eh, let's do eight. Um. But we also got the we got the woohoo song on there. I don't know how to play. You've you've heard it before. Yeah. Um. I really like this song. This is Beetle Bum. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like this one. Apart from the fact that it goes for nearly five minutes. Yeah. Um. But that, it, that, those, it's not tender. Are... Go away. <laughs> Tender's great. Um, pavement, um, pavement. Like, I mean, some of these songs are very, very favorite. Like when I, I was listening to it on um, a shuffle, and a couple of songs, I was like, "Is this pavement?" I'm like, "This seems strangely easy to listen to." <laughs> They're not doing the usual thing of like putting a bunch of distortion or like uh, feedback on the top of it. So, are they trying to recapture cut her hair? Yeah, maybe it's like you mm-hmm. they had like one record. It was like you know that song, "Cut Your Hair." Can you do that every song? <laughs> Your lady love went and saw these guys just the other day. She did. <laughs> this, is, this is Us versus End by Sickle Door, and this song's great. I like, like Sick of It All in H2O, like in the hardcore scene, I like because I think they're a bit more melodic than like the real hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sick of It All, I've, I've, I, I um, have grown to love more over the years. This album um, especially is great. I think it was like one of their more breakthrough ones, but Built to Last by Sick of It All, really, really good stuff if you like um, the punk. It, it was like, they're okay. I did listen um, to that one a little bit. I tried to listen to quite a few here. Um, I do have to point out Texas White on Blonde. That's not so bad, is it? Because I've been hanging out for that and say what you want. Say what that. You want. Yeah. yeah. It's a good song. Um, not as much good stuff on here as I was expecting. I think they have they'll have more to come though, but it's they they were a good little British indie band. Mm. There wasn't enough good music coming out of Scotland, so I'm gonna give them some props. <laughs> um remember James? I do. They, this album wasn't too bad. This song especially I've been listening to quite a lot. This is called Waltzing Along. It's all right. Um, yeah, like that album was like, it's got a really confronting front cover of like just a woman in like uh, a bra. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure what's behind that. <laughs> um, because it, it doesn't like, if I walk past that in a record shop, I'll be like, that's not James. That's just like, I don't know what <laughs> But you would stop and you would look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're getting, we're getting down to, look, 
do you want to talk about Bowie right now? Like, um, just just quickly because it's. I'm not yeah. gonna try and say it's his greatest work because it's not. But Little well, Wonder because, is good. Oh, yeah, Little One's fine. Um, except the fact that um, for the next few days, um, just every so often you'll just get it stuck in your head and you'll start going Little Wonder, <laughs> Little Wonder <laughs> you, <laughs> um, <laughs> Little Wonder you. I I can't not point out I'm afraid of Americans though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is um, good. Don't like the rest of on the bin. Don't like the fact that he was um, spending a lot of time with Trent Reznor at this time. No, and also, I think like, that was they, necessary. They had quite the club, right? I think they, they toured together, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. This and is also definitely... around the time where I think Dave Grohl emailed David Bowie and was like, hey, I've got this thing and do you want to work on it? And he, he either sent back a reasonably blunt response or just didn't reply. I think he oh, sent back his like, thanks, but no thanks. It's like, electronic. I I don't want to do anything that's not electronic at the moment. Because you get musicians that are like, oh, yeah, shit, you're famous. I'll work with you. And then you get someone who's like, no, I don't I don't need this. Hmm. This doesn't inspire me. I don't want to be a part of it. And David Bowie um, is very much one of those. And Dave Bowie is like, I'll work with anyone and everyone because it's cool. <laughs> I've got Rick Astley's email. <laughs> <laughs> um I want to um, just, there's another uh, band here I should have talked, um, doubled up with uh, Sick of It All called Handsome. Um, they were like sort of a punk hardcore supergroup in the, they only released this, this one album um, self-titled, but it's it's really, really good. I would not have put them in a punk or hardcore spot at all. It's really, really good. <laughs> I think they were, the, yeah, they were made up of like a bunch of different um, members from, I think they were punk and hardcore bands. Vamp I, I, did, I didn't mind it. So I did not consider it being punk or a hardcore genre because I actually thought it was all right. But if they were, then I'll <laughs> yeah, tell Laura so about it and maybe she'll like it. It is uh, the ex-guitarist from Helmet. Okay, um, cool. Some guys from Cro-Mags and Murphy's Law. Um and quicksand so there's a few like yeah hardcore sort of um hard rock sort of stuff in there but yeah handsome's great yeah that was, was good i listened to that yeah uh i think you oh, know I'll... you'll be very impressed what i liked i don't i think that we're almost there um well i'm, I'm gonna talk about uh marcy playground because i really that's like what i was one. about to say man this song I like, it starts off so well this is a uh favorite of both mine and my wife's as well like we listen to this album quite a lot and then and the next one too and maybe it's because he kind of looks like it but i think there's like a little bit of a um they might be giants vibe to a lot of it like it's kind of they kind of like sort of um their lyrics are kind of uh a bit clever like theirs and me never know sex and candy i really like uh sherry fraser gone crazy is great this this whole album is just great gone crazy is good one more suicide yeah like the shadow of seattle because it's got the word seattle in it um it yeah i was quite surprised that sex and candy didn't feel like the best song but it also wasn't like this random standout song no and um like saint john of school buses like was their other single from this album i'm pretty sure uh, I think, my biggest I mean, issue is that 
there's no plural on Marcy's. Uh, but yeah, um, all for the pool rock this time. I kind of, I think you, I felt set up by you to not like it. I feel like you're expecting me to not like it or just Marcy Blagan. Yeah. Well, you, you, tend, you tended to not be very open to a lot of my sex and candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, sec, no, I because you introduced me to sex and candy. <laughs> as a, <laughs> yeah, I did. As a boy. Um, <laughs> I'd never heard that song before. And then once upon a time when we were, you know, kind of jamming and playing songs together, like we learned that one. Mm. And I was like, shit, this song is really good. And then it was on every mix CD. Uh, that is correct, folks. Uh, once upon a time, I was making mix CDs. And this was on a lot of them. Yeah, because it's a good song. And now I'm just like, too many times. Now you smell sex and candy everywhere. Yeah, I do. Because yeah, if you if you actually sort of broke that down, I'm wait. I'm actually waiting for this to be a sixty songs that explain the nineties episode. <laughs> There's that songs yeah. now that we're that we're that we're doing, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they'll make it on there. Oh, I wonder if they'll make it on there. Surely something from the last album has to be on there. Mm. Surely they've covered one of these at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, briefly, uh, Pinhead Gunpowder is a really good um, band. That's actually Billy Joe Armstrong's uh, other band that he was in with, uh, I think the guy from Operation Ivy. Uh, if you ever want to, you know what? New Green album. I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, I've heard it's good. It's, 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 I mean, I, I don't, I don't know a lot about, a lot of people say it's return to form. I didn't really listen to much of the stuff of, that they've done before, but like, it's been on our in our house uh, quite a lot. My boys like it too. Um, yeah, um, Adam, who I mentioned earlier, sent me a message last week. He's like, "New Green Day, it's great, love it." Yeah. And I said, "Don't care, waiting for New Pearl Jam." And he said, "They've done nothing good since pre 2013." Okay. I went, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, reconvene later. Let's talk about Baruch Azolt. Some octopies. This album has a very uh, personal place for me in in my in my life. Um, like I attribute to like a, a certain section of my life to this album, and a person that like I shared it with. And it's also uh, I remember like that last year, like my mates on a group chat were like, "We're going." We, I think we just we we did the tw- our twenty top albums of all time, and this was like number nine for me. Um, and I think it was yep. like, it was, it was up there. Um, I just like, I mean, it's not, look, it's, it's not hit after hit after hit, but like every one of these songs, I, you know, like you like it so much that like, you'll tolerate like the ones that like, aren't the best sort of thing. Like, um, but re-listening to it, uh, the last, this last couple of weeks, like, I don't really find that much wrong with it. Like there's even the song, which is called nope. awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. It's great, yeah. and I've been, I've been watching a lot of um, uh, live. Uh, uh, they did a lot of festivals, so there's like a lot of footage of them, and from doing playing this, performing these songs live. And um, unlike a lot of bands, I've also saw because I was looking for um, specific songs, and I noticed that they're still doing a lot of like the the more B sided ones at their shows nowadays. Like they're still doing. That's cool. The deep cuts, which I think is is admirable too. So, um, yeah, I love this album. What about you? I uh, cannot fault it. Yeah. Um, and what adds even more to it for me is that I didn't have this growing up. I didn't have much connections with it. Someone put Benjamin on a mix <laughs> for me once, and I was like, "Oh shit!" 
That's my name. That's a really good song. Yeah. Um, they name dropped David Bowie. <laughs> it's... I like I like the fact that they're like with David Bowie in a tree. <laughs> you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Live can go fuck themselves with their rhymes. The regular is way better. This is how you do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I was just saying, I I know this album for Volcano Girls. Um. Probably one last time. And then later Benjamin, but then listening to it, every song I was like, oh, oh, and this one. One last time. Oh, wait, yeah, this one as well. The solos in this album are so good. The the, um, harmonizing is just amazing. And... I also like the fact that they go from quiet to loud so well. Yeah. Um, on so many of these songs, it starts off so good with the mo- the songs straight. Um, I could I could almost have done like an entire episode on this on this album. Um, we probably should have. Yeah, and we might still do. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we'll do that as a bonus in between nice and eight. Um, but yeah, it's it's just this basically. Uh, yeah, it, it really reconnected me to that time and also um just made me appreciate it like way way more so this is definitely my album of the month it made me feel very silly for not going to see them last time they came. yeah nice little <laughs> yeah that was that was uh i was with a friend and um we were going through the crowd because like it was one of those perfect adelaide crowds where they don't fucking move and nice. we were walking through and uh, I think we bumped a couple of people and they're like, whoa! <laughs> they're just like the biggest, like, I can't believe you're walking around. It's like we're watching a movie and we're like walking in front of their seats. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then like just um, no one's no one's singing along. And like I just remember it was like we was, it was one of those ones where it's like you're back to being a teenager again. Like we were just singing like every single word. Um, they played so they played a couple of deep cuts that night too, and uh, we were very very happy with their performance. So. I imagine it would have been similar to the bikini vibe. Bill, there would be like a handful there of like hardcore fans that yeah. need and want to see it, and the rest are like, I feel like I should go see this. Yeah, like a lot of people, um, uh, definitely in the crowd that we saw, um, just you know maybe it was just their date night. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what they were doing. Um. But yeah, I I found it. It was, it was one of the, the better shows I've ever seen. So, um, but yeah. Uh, is, what's is that your? Yeah, that will also be my album for February. Though it it is somewhat of a tough choice with Freak Show, um, and David Bowie. Even though it's not a great album, it's David Bowie, so I have to pay him some sort of respects because it's still good. Yeah, uh, Freak Show would come close. Um, obviously we'll go into that more next week, but it's a really, really good album. And I, it's a slight step away from frog stomp mm. enough that it's different and it's great, but it's still very, very angry little boys, but yeah, uh, Veruca's too good. Not twice is too much. I was, I'm just looking at the, um, that tour and just looking through like the set list, like there's quite a lot of difference between each set list like um unfortunately adelaide's the only one that's got an incomplete set list 
<laughs> but, um, yeah, like they were playing a lot of deep cuts from from both those albums, like the the first couple. I think they, yeah. But yeah, um, I think, um, and I th- look, I could. There's a bunch of songs I could choose. Um, I don't. Know so songs is a little bit tougher because, yeah, like we said, well, for me, there's a Bowie option. Um, there's a couple bangers on Ixnay. Uh, the Texas song "Say What You Want" is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the Blur "One Hit Wonder." Yeah, so White Town, your like, woman. Um, huh? Yeah, what time your woman? Um, Sex and uh, Candy. James uh, waltzing along, and also um, yeah, Sex and Candy, or, or like Sherry Fraser from Marcy Playground. Uh, even um, there's a couple of songs on Pavement that weren't, weren't too bad. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go with nostalgia for this one. Um, and do uh, White Town Your Woman just because uh, it's just I <laughs> you're right <laughs> yes uh, just just because like I know um, I like to have a bit of a differing musical genres as well but also like when I first said I remember first hearing that song again after not hearing it for a couple of years or like a good decade sorry and I'm like, man, this song still slaps. I love it. So yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, "Your Woman" by um, White Town because it's it's just great. Okay. Uh, when I threw that name out there, I did not expect you to say that. Um, mine is Silverchair's "The Door" because this well, so fucking we did, a song. We all did a, another episode on that, so we did, but it still came out this month. Um, I'm still <laughs> allowed to have it, so get bent. Uh, my film is Beautician and the Beast. Jesus Christ. Don't you speak ill of Fran Drescher. I'm not. I'm speaking ill of the film that she was in. <laughs> you didn't see it. It's not so bad. It's got a James Bond in it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's um, disappointing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's... Uh, looking forward to... Yeah, so we got our uh, Civil Chair episode next week and then we're on to March. Um if you got any of your favorites or anything you want to um, tell us, let us know. Maybe how long this episode went for. I don't care. You know what you're in for. Uh- well, you know, on the bright side, if it makes anyone feel better, March is not as exciting. <laughs> March, is a, uh, March is a slog. The film's what? The Devil's Own? Uh, liar, Liar? I just watched that the other day. Um, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, where, your homework. I need to give you your homework. Uh, I watched um, Devil's Own and... Uh, it's not great. <laughs> no. Mu- music looks a bit more exciting. Uh, some Nick Cave, there's Savage Garden, Collective Soul, there's more Helmet. Uh, we've got um, Honey, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the, the March 1997 movies is, is rough. Um, we've got, t- we got some TV, though. We've got Daria, um, Just Shoot Me, The Practice, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Teletubbies, Midsummer Murders. <laughs> Wait, is this living in the now or is this uh, 1997? I'm uh-huh. confused. And you know what? I've just realized that I didn't do the uh, the billboards for uh, the, the the artists. So just as just as a little addendum, um, it was, I mean, look, it was Silverchair Freak for yeah. the ARIA charts and then No Doubt Don't Speak, which was up there for quite a few weeks. And then Tony Braxton's Unchanged My Heart was knocked off by Wannabe by the Spice Kids. Uh, Rightly so. Living in the past pod at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram too. There'll be a bunch of stuff up for this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I, hope, I hope you're enjoying it because 997 seems pretty good right now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see a dip in a couple of weeks, but yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> and in greater numbers too. 
I smell sex and candy. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.